That's the most stressful video. <laughs> I guess that's why it sort of goes along with our theme. Good morning. How you doing today? Good morning, Mr. George. You're sitting in a different place today. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just closer to the front, I guess. And so, anyway, it's a great, great day today. Isn't it? Good morning, Jacinda. How you doing today? Some of you guys are probably wondering what these boxes are doing up here. We're going to tell you about that in just a little bit. Is that okay? We'll do that. We didn't want to crowd you with a bunch of stuff up front, but we wanted to sort of space some things out. So we'll do that at the end this morning. I say it's already been a good day because when I arrived, I had somebody that met me and said, I've been waiting to talk to you all week long. And they said, I want you to know a couple of weeks ago, I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. And I wanted you to know that. It's great to gather. I love spending time with you. But I love being in those conversations where somebody says, I want to give my life to Jesus. I just don't want to go to church. I just don't want to go to a Bible study. I don't want to just know more, but I want to know Jesus. And when you hear those conversations and we have those conversations, I just am encouraged. And uh, I hope that you've come today not just to... to to do your dues, pay your time, or whatever it may be, but I was morning to hear a word from the Lord. Will you take your Bibles and will you turn to Matthew chapter 6 with me this morning as we start off? Mike already said something about this earlier. Guys, get signed up for the fall festival. Make sure, matter of fact, put that up back up on the screen, Drew, so that we can do that. I want to make sure that you guys get signed up. Look to the person on your right and the left and say, hey, have you signed up yet? It's important. <laughs> and see, we're giving you Sunday morning off. We're giving you Sunday morning off so that you can come on Sunday afternoon. I don't want to stress you out and say, well, we got too many things going on, so we're going to give you Sunday morning off, and we're going to do church in the afternoon as we get together as a church family. And it's an opportunity for you guys to be able to invite guests and be able to invite your neighbors that may not have a church home, they may not have a place to go, and you invite them to come and join us as we celebrate that time. But make sure that you get signed up so that we've got enough resources. We know that we've got enough resources to take care of everybody. It'll be a great day. New place. Not out at Cottoms, uh, downtown at Pat Thomas Field there at Leesburg. Um, and remember, so if you happen to forget, we'll put it up on the sign for you next Sunday morning. Um, but we won't be here next Sunday morning, but next Sunday afternoon out at Pat Thomas in the afternoon. Matthew chapter 6, let me read this for you today. Really important, I'll tie it in at the end. But this is Jesus. And he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek the Lord above all things. Seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Father, I pray that you'd be with us over these next few minutes, that the Spirit of the Lord would be in this place. There are different people come for different reasons, but this morning, there's a word specifically for those of us that are here and listening, and I pray what I pray is, Lord, that we would receive that and that we would apply it in however way that we need to that would encourage us in our walk with you and help us to live in the freedom that you've called us to live and establish that breathing room. Thank you for the reading of your word, and now may you be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been in this series, Breathing Room or Extra Space, over the past several weeks, and we've been talking about what it looks like to live with some extra space in our lives and to have that place that we can just 
rest in the Lord. Last week, we talked about what God's Word has to say as it related to time. And if you remember, um, what we did is we went back and we looked at what Moses had to say. And, and we also said last week this, that there's, we're, there's limited time. I don't know if you understand, but, but there is limited time. When it comes to our time, resources are very limited. And Moses went on to tell us as he, as he spoke these words last week, Lord, teach us the brevity of life so that I might grow in wisdom. In other words, Lord, help me understand that the days that I have are numbered, they're short, and help me to make wise use of my time understanding that. Help me to make wise choices. But time isn't the only area that we struggle with when it comes to breathing room. There's also the area of, of finances. And even though you can't borrow time, what you can borrow is money. And if you aren't careful, we can find ourselves weighing over our head and enslaved and in bondage to the lender, which is nothing more than a mess of a stress. Now, for some of you today, you're like going, oh my goodness, this is not a good day for me to be here. It is a great day for you to be here. And what we're going to talk about today is going to be applicable for you, regardless if you're a believer or father of Christ or not. But for those of us that are believers, those of us that have come to the place that we say, we, we're following Jesus, man, we're all in. This is so, so important for us because regardless if you realize it or not, there is a connection between what we say we believe, our faith, and how we handle our resources, the resources that God has given us. There is a connection that's there. And to begin with, this is what I want to say to you. There is a difference between the standard of living and quality of life. There's a difference between standard of living and quality of life. Every ad, every commercial that you see pushes us, pushes the message on us that there is no difference between standard of living and quality of life. In other words, if I raise my standard of living, if I, if I buy something, if I purchase something, if I acquire something, whatever that may be, women, and for you it may be a pair of shoes, men, for butch, for you it may be another fishing rod or a boat or something else. But what it does is uh, commercials and advertising pushes us to believe that there is no difference between standard of living and quality of life. And, uh, but I want you to know this, that the acquisition of stuff they tell us, will automatically improve our quality of life. But if, you, if, you're, if, if you've lived as long as I have and even lived longer, probably some of you go, that's not necessarily true. Because I have more stuff than what I know to do with, and that doesn't necessarily improve my quality of life. A, a, a better fishing pole or a, a bigger car or a bigger house doesn't necessarily improve quality of life. More stuff doesn't mean better life. Sure, you can raise your standard of living by making another purchase and incurring debt, but the quality of life is raised through devotion and through discipline. And so, to create breathing room or space in the area of finances, we might need to, to, uh, to get rid of some things. Because less can be more, amen? Less can be more. Some of you know that because it's maybe time to clean out your closets. Less can be more. In other words, striving to create breathing room can be a precursor to a better quality of life. And you may not realize it, but don't be surprised that if somewhere along the journey you begin to understand that. Somewhere along the journey you begin to understand that quality of life is more important than standard of of living. Sure, I mean, you can blame the salesmen, you can blame the advertisers uh, for the stress of the, 
of, of, of purchasing that thing that whatever it was that you didn't necessarily need, but are they really the enemy? I don't think so. Though, with that being said, there's a couple of things that I want to make note of today. A couple of assumptions that we can make, and I want you to write these down. Here's the first one. You can write it down. All of us live on a percentage of our income. Cross the board, don't care who you are, don't care how much money you make. That is a true statement. All of us live on a percentage of our income, regardless of how old you are, how young you are, how much money you may have, it's applicable across the board. Hang on with me here just for a second. Every one of us live on a percentage of our income. And if you don't determine what that percentage is, I promise you there's somebody that will help you. Okay? If you don't determine that, there's somebody that will help you determine that. Some people will spend every dime that passes through their fingers. But then there are some people, like I want to say Meredith and I, who've chosen to take the income that we have and to spread it out into really three categories, give, save, and live, to take a percentage of what we have and we give, to take a percentage of what we have and to save and to live off of the rest. Teenagers, the only thing I can say is I wish I would have lived that way from the beginning. I surely wish that I would have lived that way from the beginning. I wish that was a pattern that I would have followed when I was younger. The second assumption that I'm going to make is this, and I think you'll agree with me. I don't need very much, but much seems a whole lot better. I don't need very much, but more seems an awful lot better. Because if I had more, it, it seems to would solve my problems. You know, the problems that we have. John Rockefeller once said this. John Rockefeller was a man who had an awful lot of resources. Somebody asked him one time, John, how much more is enough? And he said, just one more dollar. Just, just give me one more dollar. But if we want to experience the breathing room that we so desire, especially as it relates to our finances, you got to fight against the lies that culture constantly feeds us over and over and over again that more is better. See, let me tell you what's better. What's better is being able to lay your head at night and find rest and peace because you're not worried about what tomorrow brings. Amen? I see a lot of people shaking their heads. And we can lack breathing room for a lot of different reasons. Some of it may be poor decisions on our half. Some of it may just be because. But there are two reasons specifically that we lack space, extra space in our life. Um, and it has to do with the tendency of what we make. Two things that are really important we got to pay attention to. It either has to do with what's coming in or what's going out. Two ways to create breathing space. Number one, you either got to bring in more or you got to let, let a little bit less go out. Two ways. Make more money, spend less. It's not rocket scientists. Not rocket science at all. You got to have extra space. If you're going to have extra space, something's going to have to give. Either you're going to have to bring in more money or you're going to have to cut back the expenditures. You're going to have to find a way to make some extra cash or you're going to have to cut back. And some people would say, but Sid, that's impossible. No, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I'm not the guy you want to talk to about that. You can do anything, especially for a season. Amen? Sometimes we find ourselves in a, in a bad situation because we just don't want to get up and do what needs to be done. Amen? We know what needs to be done, and yet we just say, ah, you know, we want to blame it on somebody else. We want to make up excuses. And when we lack that breathing room in the area of our finances, this is what Proverbs 22, 7 says. How about turning there with me really quick? And by the way, I don't know if Caleb's still in here. He's probably in the back right now. 
But I want you to know our value isn't based on what we do for God. He loves us, period. You remember Caleb was talking about his voice and God, I just want to do, I want to do. Sometimes God has to take away those things that we do for him for us to recognize that he doesn't love us because of what we do for him, but he just loves us, period. Amen. Proverbs 22, 7 says this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Our dissatisfaction and longing for more can get us in an awful lot of trouble. And we have the ability to purchase our way into slavery. And when we choose to live that way, we become a slave to those that we owe. Um, I have to believe in God's plan and design for us that it wasn't for his children to live up under the bondage of slavery, neither the bondage of debt. The topic of money and finances it's a really big deal. As a matter of fact, in scriptures, we find over 2,300 passages that deal with the issue of money and finances. Jesus himself dealt an awful lot, spoke an awful lot to this issue because he knew that there was a connection between our wallet and our, and our heart. Jesus uh, would also know that we would experience the blessings. We wouldn't experience the blessings by being in debt, but if we wanted to be able to experience the abundant life that he so talks about, so many times talks about, in the New Testament scriptures that we would need to have that extra space. And so here it is 2,000 years, 2,000 years um, ago that Jesus would, would, knowing his audience, would have this conversation and he would tell a parable about how easy it is to fall into the trap of being in financial bondage. Now, some of us tell stories because we want to entertain people, but Jesus told stories. He told parables because there was something that he wanted to teach. And in the story today, um, what happens is Jesus is talking to a guy about the managing of money. He gets fired, and he took what he had, and he leveraged his resources. And just like anything else that Jesus would ever do, he had a purpose behind a story that he was sharing with those that were listening. And at the end of the story, this is what he had to say, and this is in the Gospel of Luke. You can turn over back there. I'm just moving you guys all over the place today. The Gospel of Luke and the in the, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, at the end of the story, this parable that Jesus was saying, he was telling, this is what Jesus had to say in verse 13, chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus said, no one, no one can serve two masters. Maybe you've had a job where you've had two bosses and you've got one boss tells you to do this, another boss tells you to do that. And it's a, it, is, it is really tough to be in that situation, isn't it? Absolutely. You can't serve two masters. I mean, because you can't have two people giving you conflicting orders because you're going to be torn. And Jesus goes on to say, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Jesus said, you can't, you can't have two people sitting on the throne. You can't have two people telling you what to do because you're going to be inclined to lean into one, to one, and, into one direction and lean away from the other. And Jesus is saying there's a tension that is developed. And at the end of the story, this is what he says that is so relevant to us today. Something that we can take away. And here's the point. Something that's so applicable for us. And don't miss it. He goes on to say this. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and money. Say that with me. You can't serve both God and money. Just one more time. You can't serve both God and money. 
In other words, if we aren't careful, we're going to find ourselves torn between our devotion to God and our devotion to resources. At some point in our lives, we've got to determine who's going to take first place. Amen? <laughs> that was really poor. <laughs> At somewhere along the line, we're going to have to determine who sits in first place. Amen? Yeah. See, that's better. Man, y'all are doing so good today. Guys, take a breather. I don't need anything from you, okay? Take a breather. God doesn't need anything from you. He wants something for you. You believe that? See, we don't need anything from you. God doesn't need anything from you. He wants something for us. That's why he gave us his word. He wants something for us. And for those of us that are believers, this is so important because if money's the master and he's sitting in that place of first place, Guess what's the controlling all of our decision-making, regardless of what you say you believe? See, you can say you, you've got this faith and you, man, Jesus is on the throne. But if, if money's calling the shots, does it really matter what you believe? I don't think so. You can read God's word, but if money is the master, you're going to struggle to obey and follow God's word fully because you can only have one master. We can know what God's word has to say. We can know what God's word has to say about not worrying. But you say, how in the world can I not worry when I got so much to worry about? How can I not worry when I'm, when I'm struggling so much financially and I'm, I'm weighing over my, uh, my head? And sure, you might know what the Bible says to say. The Bible says, don't worry. And you might say, but, I, but you have no idea of the financial situation I'm in. And I'm right, I don't. But I do know who does. Hmm. But I do know this, when we create space, and when Jesus is on the throne and there's breathing room in our lives, especially as it relates to finances, we will not only experience the peace that we so desperately desire, but we'll be able to experience that um, abundant life that Jesus has for us. We'll position ourselves to live as God designed. And so here's the question. You ready? Here's the question. Are you ready? Who's, who's your daddy? Susie's pointing at George. He is, he is. Who's your master? Who, who, who's your master? Who sits on the throne? Who's calling the shots in your life? As a believer, if you're living too close to the edge, or if you find yourself in the ditch financially, more than likely you're feeling torn, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling guilty, and even at the point of feeling defeated. But we don't have to live that way. There's some choices that we can make. See, that's not what God wants for us, but he has something different for us. And throughout the scriptures, we see God telling us over and over and over away, here's how I want you to live. But I want you to live this way because I want you to know that you can trust me, that you can trust me, that I've got a plan for your life, especially in this area as it relates to finances. And when you live the way I've called you to live, you'll be in a better position to not, only, to not only experience what I've designed for you, but you'll, but you'll have the ability to be a light to the world that I've called you to be a light to. And life really isn't about what we own, but it's about who owns us. Did you get that? See, the, the essence of life isn't about really about what we own or what we acquire, but it's really about who owns us, who's our master. 
So with that being said, I want to just give you a few thoughts today. These are, these are for you. These are just some helpful, practical points. And I know that there are some of you who are going to want to tune me out because you think you know everything. But listen, I want you to humor me this morning. I want you to at least act like you're taking notes so the person next to you is like, oh, man, they're taking notes. I need to take some notes too. <laughs> so instead of being a hindrance, being a help today, listen to what God's doing. So I'm just, these are really simple. These aren't hard. These are very easy. I mean, they're to the point. Um, and the win here isn't just knowing, but it's about doing. It's about applying and that's, these are applicable regardless of where you are in your relationship with Christ. But here's the first one. Just a couple of thoughts, five to be exact. First one is this. Say yes. Say yes. I need some breathing room. I need some breathing room as it relates to my finances. Lord, I want to do things your way. Just say yes. See, change begins with a choice. That's it. Say that with me. Change begins with a choice. Change begins with a choice. Just say yes. You can drive by the gym every day. You can see who's in there. You can even peek in the window. I mean, you can go, you can go by that every day. You can go by the gym. But for there to some progress to take place, for change to take place, you got to say yes. You got to walk inside those doors and you got to get on those machines, whatever they're supposed to do for you. I don't really know. But listen, you're not going to make any progress. You're not going to create any, any breathing room if it's just all about what you got in your head and what you know. But somewhere along the line, you've got to be able to put some devotion and discipline in, in it. Okay? To improve our quality of life, it's going to take some devotion and discipline. So to start off with, just say yes. No more excuses. No more blaming everybody else for why you're in the situation that you are. I'm going to take responsibility. So first of all, just say yes. The second, this, second is this, develop a goal. Develop a goal. Take, first of all, say yes. We need to ask ourselves, you know, how much breathing room do we really want to create? And we've talked about this before. I just mentioned it a while ago, living by percentages. Regardless, if, if, if you know it or not, we all live by percentages. And so there are three categories, and I mentioned it. Give, save, and live. That's how we live in our home. We give a certain percentage. We save a certain percentage, and we live off the remaining amount. Just set some, set some goals. Take how much you make, whatever that may be. Write it down, and then say, okay, I want to live. I want to I I give this amount. I want to save this amount, and I want to live off the rest. Whatever you do, whatever your percentage is, listen, that's up to you. That ain't up to me. That's between you and the Lord. I can only say this, put Jesus first. Y'all should be saying amen. Put Jesus first. Put him first. Whatever you do, put Jesus first. Figure out what you take home. How much is it? Set aside a percentage. I'm going to give this amount. I'm going to save this amount. Now, I've got my, I can tell you what I think, you know. Some people are going, oh, 10%. No, listen, man, it's 100%. Y'all laugh at me. I, I, listen, we talk about a tithe, 10%. Let me tell you, the Bible says in the New Testament, everything we have is the Lord's. Amen. Everything we have. We want to settle for 10%. 10%. That's up to you. That's not, that's not for me. That's between you and the Lord. But set aside a percentage. I want to give this amount. I want to save this amount. Because listen, there, there's always going to be a rainy day. Amen? Something's always going to break. Something's always going to tear up. Be ready for that time. Set it aside. Choose to live off the rest. Put Jesus first. So set a goal. Write that down. So say yes, develop a goal, whatever that may be. The third thing is this, get nosy. Get nosy. Be inquisitive. 
That's a big word. So I had to say, get nosy. You know what nosy means, inquisitive. Some of you may not understand that. But you know what nosy means. Get nosy. Get inquisitive about how much money's coming in and how much money's going out. If you say yes, set a goal and get inquisitive. Know how much is coming in. Know how much is going out. If you want to create some extra space as it relates to your finances, you're going to have to get nosy. You're going to have to start logging some expenses. Listen, you may do it on a spreadsheet. You might just want to do it the old-fashioned way. Get out and start finding out where, how much money you got coming in and start writing down all your expenses. It's important, very important. Um, if you've ever been through any type of financial peace or any type of financial training, that's one of the first things you'll do is log your expenses. Get old school. You don't have to go with the new stuff that way we do things these days, but go old school. Man, take, find out where the money is going, however you want to do that, whatever works for you, but get inquisitive. Log and track your spending. The fourth thing is this, and you're not going to like this. You're not going to like it at all. Slash your spending. Cut your spending until you happen to know what you're working with. Um, I, it's so important to know what we have and what we're working. You know, it's awesome to be able to shop and to know that when you're shopping that you can say no to certain things. Are y'all with me? You, do y'all ever do that? You, most people shop because they, they want to buy something. But it, it's nice to be able to shop and look, ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I want, no, I don't really need that. How many of y'all do that? Anybody do that? do that? Sometimes it's just not good to go shopping, period, right? And stay off of that Amazon thing. <laughs> Boy, does that get us in trouble. You're having a bad day. Eat a piece of cake. Turn on the Netflix. Sit down and open up your thing and start going to Amazon. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you spent a lot of money and you didn't even realize it. Wives, I'm talking to your husbands. I'm not talking to you, just so you know that. Well, listen, if you want to create some breathing room, you're going to have to be able to slash your spending. You're going to have to cut your spending. Here's the fifth thing, really simple. Choose to get out of debt. I was reading some statistics. These are... You're talking about stress. Man, I got stress just reading this. And I don't know who to believe these days. Everybody has their own number. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some averages. Can I do that? These, these, are, these, are reputable, these are reputable numbers coming from reputable people. So here, here's the average credit card debt. And I think this is low based on some of the people I've talked to. Between five dollars and $8,000, depending on who you believe. Five dollars and $8,000 in, in credit card debt. The average mortgage these days has gone up to $236,000. That's the average mortgage. The average student loan is $37,000, and we've not even talked about cars and boats and everything else. That can be overwhelming. Overwhelming. But see, the process of getting out to debt begins with a yes. Isn't that right, Steve Whitaker? Sometimes having to make some choices. For you to experience change, you're going to have to make some choices. And sometimes the choices are they're hard. And some of us may be further along in the process than other people. But the journey begins with a yes. And let me say this about in reference to finances. You know, you need to be surrounded by a group of people that are headed in the same direction that you are. See, there's a tendency for us to act like the people that we're with. Are you with me? 
And, and so it's, it's a whole lot easier when, we're, when we're, we're seeking after the things of the Lord and recognizing that, that God will take care of us, that if we're around of a group of people that are, that are living and moving in that same direction so, so that we can be encouraged as well as be held accountable, so we can talk about these things. And we can, we can Scott say, man, you don't need that. That's right, buddy, I don't need that right there. You know? But a lot of times we surround ourselves with people that don't tell us what we need to hear they tell us what we want to hear but it's so much easier when you're with a group of people and you're moving in the same direction I know that some of our guys are talking about going back again in January and starting another group dealing with financial peace or something along that deal with finances and I will let you know more about that but listen man one of the biggest things is is uh, to, to get out of debt is to be hanging around some people that are moving moving in that same direction as you are do you believe that amen very much so. This is so important. This is so vitally important because the biggest competition for our heart may not necessarily be the devil, but it may be our stuff. Did you hear that? See, the competition for our heart may not necessarily be the devil, but it may be our stuff. And Jesus knew that. He knew that. And that was why he was so willing to give his life. He poured himself out. He poured himself out so that we could receive him, so that we could pour ourselves out so that we could be filled up with him. He, he didn't die just so that we could say a prayer, be baptized, and go to church the rest of our lives. But he, he died so that we could make him master and Lord of our life, which if we live that way and we live by what the scripture has to say, it becomes life-changing. See, we can know him up here and yet not know him here. Are you with me? When you, when you know him here and you know him here, it impacts the choices that we make. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. That my value isn't the based on the things that I've acquired in life, but my value and my worth is in Jesus, in Jesus alone. To create financial breathing room, we have, to create that space, to create that breathing room, what we may have to do is take a little bit of a step back and bypass a little bit on the standard of living things and purchasing more and be more concerned about because when we do that, what it does is it raises the quality of life. There were some things early on that I didn't, that I really, really wanted, but I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm blessed. I'm just blessed because there's a lot of things I could have that I don't have that I'd really like to have, but I've just made a choice up until this time. Maybe one day, but the older I get, not necessarily that important anymore. I was brought up in a family that was that way. They didn't necessarily have to have every, everything. But can you imagine what, how much easier life would be if we were to create some extra space in our lives, especially as it relates to our finances? Because see, in that place, there's freedom. There's freedom and there's also, there's rest. There's rest. See, there's only one throne on our heart. Only one throne. Who's on your throne? You can't serve 
two masters. Would you pray with me today? And while you're praying, while you got your heads bowed, let me just say this. The most important decision you'll ever make is to put Jesus at the forefront. Is to trust Jesus and to recognize what he did for us. To acknowledge our sin. No excuses. To come before him and say yes. To say yes, Jesus, I want to trust you. I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. And if you've never done that today, right there where you are, you have the ability to make the most important decision of your life by just saying this, Jesus, I give my life to you. And if that's you today, at the end of the service, when we're done, I just want you to come to me and tell me that. But in the meantime, I may just pray. Lord, would you give us the ability to process what we have heard and the strength to be able to respond? For some, this may be the first time that they've ever heard something like this, but for others, it's just an issue of of discipline. Help us to evaluate where we are and to be committed to caring and creating extra space and breathing room in our lives so that we have the ability to follow you with no hindrances, no hindrances at all. For the couples that are in the room today where their finances are a source of tension, where it's an issue, what I pray is that they will find the courage to be able to have discussions today, to begin having those discussions about how do we create more breathing room, not only in finances, but how do we create an environment in our home that our relationship with Christ is first and foremost, that our desire is to grow, to grow and mature in our faith. And so, Lord, would you, would you help us to, to see today, to have that desire to live with no burden that burden of debt, which can be so overwhelming and destructive. Help us to create that space so that we can live without any hindrance of guilt or shame or frustration. Lord, help us to live today in such a way that our bills and our credit cards are no longer what's mastering us, but you are. You are. Father, just a few minutes, we're gonna walk out these doors And I pray we'll take this that we've learned today and we'll apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I told you a while ago that we were going to talk to you about these boxes up here. And uh, for some of us that are here today, this is a little bit easier than others. And listen, I don't want you taking boxes out of guilt, but I want you taking boxes out of love. Watch this little video clip and Jamie's going to come and talk to us and tell us what to do. When that shoebox is open, they're overjoyed. You can see them shouting, jumping. Look at how much they are excited. This is the first time those children are receiving the shoeboxes. They are so happy. Every box is important because every box is an opportunity to tell a child about God's love, about his son, Jesus Christ. If you get the heart of the child, you will reach the heart of the parents, you will reach the heart of the family, and then you will touch the community. That gift box is the beginning into their hearts. Isn't it incredible how these gifts touch the lives of these children? Every year we see tens of thousands of children discipled, and we couldn't do this without you, so thank you for packing the boxes, thank you for praying for these children around the world. God bless you, and keep packing those boxes. Start on Christmas here. So, um, 
We have all these boxes up here. If you guys are on a budget, you can get some really good things at the Dollar Tree. You can fill up this whole box at the Dollar Tree and save money, get on the budget, see? <laughs> I was listening, I was listening. Inside the box, we have a how to pack the shoe box. It, it gives you all the information, lets you know what kind of things you can put in the box, what kind of things not to put in the box. And then on the back of it, there's a girl and boy label. Cut off whichever label you're gonna um, pick gifts for, and then you can check off the age. And then I ask that you tape it on the top of the box, because when it goes to the processing center, they tape around the middle of the box. So, as Franklin Graham said, that each of these boxes is far more than just a gift for these children. Each box is a gospel opportunity. Each child that receives a box is invited to come back and hear what the Lord has done for them. And they take that message back to their homes. They tell their whole families and entire villages have gotten saved because of this box. Um, there are many countries that don't allow missionaries in. They don't let us go and preach the gospel, but they'll let us into their country if we're bringing gifts for their children. So I just encourage you to take these boxes. We're not gonna be here next week, so take the boxes today. Also, there is a major Nerf war happening in here on Friday, so we don't want these boxes to become grenades. So as many boxes we can get out of here today, is, that's best. So when are they supposed to have them back by? Um, the third week of November. Third week of November. So let me just give you an idea. So this is, this is helpful. Um, this is also an opportunity for you to be a witness in your place of business because there are a lot of people that will take these boxes. Matter of fact, I've already seen some people putting it online. Does anybody know where I can get a box? You might even want to suggest sometimes places of business do things for Christmas for other people. You might want to even suggest at your place of business, hey guys, why don't this year, why don't we do a, a, a Christmas box? And uh, sometimes businesses will do that and you guys have a chance to work on a project together as a, uh, as a business or as a family. What we do now is just Meredith and I, we don't have the kids, but what we used to always do is we used to always do one. Every kid had their box and they would always fill their box. Do it as a family. Don't do it as a, just parents. Involve your children in that process. Sit down, have them be a part of that. Also, have them pray for the ones that will receive the box. That's always a great blessing. But if you'll participate, that'd be great. Jamie, anything? Do you have workers? Do you need people to assist? Not yet. Not yet, but you're going to be doing that. That'd be great. Listen, isn't it a great day? Yes. It's an awesome day. So as you walk out these doors, make sure that you've signed up for the fall festival next week. Make sure if you want to go to Connect after that on the 29th that you've signed up. But I send you guys out to be missionaries in the field um, because the fields are widened to harvest. They're just looking for people to tell the truth. Amen? Go live for Jesus. We'll see you.